I will be telling the truth on this day. Ah, uh, we love the truth. We love the truth. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I can't stop doing the Megan the Stallion. Eh. <laughs> I am <laughs> falling down. I'm falling to pieces. I'm falling to pieces. Uh, That's one of those ones. What am like, I supposed to do? You can get such a, a great, and by great, I mean hilarious flip out of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm falling to pieces. <laughs> <laughs> it just, I don't know. It just tickles me so much. <laughs> It just tickles me so much. It tickles me so much. It just tickles me so much. I don't know what's happening. (laughs) We're diving off the deep end. What is that artist's name? What am I supposed to do when the best part of me is always you? I don't know why in my head it's the Los Lonely Boys, but that's not who it is. (laughs) That's not (laughs) That's just not who it is. Um, Mama, it's Break Even by the Script. The Script. Very Mama, good. the script. Wow. That the script is one of those bands that, like, you know, because they showed up in more than one Grey's Anatomy ending montage. Because <laughs> they had that fucking Grey's Anatomy. Um, Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> What's that Grey's Anatomy song that they um, had? Uh, are they How to Save a Life? How to Save a Girl, Life. Girl, yes. <laughs> Wait, no. That's. Who who is it? If it's not the script, that's the fray. The fray, <laughs> the script, the fray, the fray, the script. Uh, gender flip. What <laughs> the script? Fray at the script. Hey there, welcome back to We Love That. I'm Kenyon. And I'm Jerome. Uh, we're talking about a movie. Uh, it's still the summer, and let me tell you, we got soul, especially after watching this one. So we're talking about Summer of Soul, Questlove's documentary. Hi! (laughs) We've uh, never started this episode before. Yes, and certainly if we had, it wouldn't have included a rendition of (laughs) Love on Top with several key changes. Very good, very good. But no, Mm. here we are. Just, just the... I always sing just the two of us. You do. You love that one. And I love it too. I do. So much. Wow. So do you. So do you. Have you heard Ariana Grande on Jimmy Fallon do her impression of Jennifer Coolidge? No. It's, like, really good. It's her impression of Jennifer Coolidge in Legally Blonde, and it's very funny, and it's, like, Ariana Grande is brilliant. (laughs) Wow. When's she putting out the comedy album? I... Well, I certainly laughed through Sweetener. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) I really teed you up for that one. (laughs) I said, here you go. (laughs) Alley-oop. Yeah. <laughs> Woo. Okay, great. Um, yeah. Well. <laughs> wow. What the shade. What if you got nominated? Like, what if somebody's musical album got nominated in, like, best comedy, in comedy? live performance or something? 
And it was like, uh, <laughs> that would be so fun. <laughs> and that like fully putting out not a, because comedy albums are like recordings of stand up. Literally, <laughs> literally recordings of stand up. <laughs> I'm thinking about Justin Bieber being like, why is my album nominated for pop? <laughs> it's like, girl, it could have been nominated for comedy. <laughs> so <laughs> Ooh. should feel grateful and thankful. Yeah, I'm grateful. Scratch that, baby. I'm thankful. Uh, uh, <laughs> Today um, is a singing episode. Song of the day. summer, 2021. It is the same. When are we doing our musical episode? Fully, I mean, uh, scored, sung written, through, all through composed, sung through, <laughs> all through composed. No, it's all through composed. No, there, we don't get to like big numbers in between. It's just. Arguably, that's what we already do. <laughs> I agree. I would certainly agree with that. Uh, but singing really is, I mean, that's that's the topic of the episode, honestly. I would say you're right. And more. <laughs> but the sing-along aspect of things really oh, yes. takes oh, yes. me to the heart singing of the art. Along the open road. Um, but before we get to that, let's do a moment for the world. What's been happening in the world? We've kind of... I mean, when was the last time we just sat and talked about the world, you know? <laughs> it's been ages. It's been ages. And, well, and in, in that time, <laughs> y- y'all out there have been doing ridiculous things. <laughs> now, here's the thing. And I know that we, I, I, I just know we've said this before. Celebrities should stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, there are all these celebrities who are saying things, and it's like, Mama... You didn't have to say anything. We didn't ask. And now you look like a fool because you kept saying stuff. And instead of saying stuff, you should have been quiet. Well, we have the first said thing this I'd like to bring up. <laughs> we have said this, we say it all the time. The first thing I'd like to bring up is um, Matt Damon. Mm. <laughs> mm. And this one kind of is just silly. <laughs> but Matt Damon. I couldn't even keep up because it's like, who cares? It's like, nobody asked you. Matt Damon talking about, oh, I used to say the F word, the F slur, faggot, until very recently. When my daughter asked me to stop saying it. But then he had to come out again and say, oh, no, I didn't actually mean that. I wasn't actually saying it. It's like, but Miss Thing, you could have been quiet this whole time. <laughs> it just, the there was no rhyme or reason. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> and to add to that, to this list of people who just could have, instead of spo- speaking, not said anything. Uh, you know, we've been seeing the baby just act foolish, <laughs> act in foolish ways. What is wrong <laughs> with him? <laughs> If you have somehow managed to steer clear of of this, you know, particular element of the news cycle, first of all, congratulations. Second of all, he gets on stage and basically is out here just heaping shame <laughs> upon people with HIV, <laughs> calling out the queer community yes. for, for, for not a reason. No reason at all. I mean, I'm loving the people who are calling this his coming out speech <laughs> because it is like... Why were you thinking about this? Which is always the thing. It's like anyone who's ever had anything to say about queer people, it's like, 
But why are you thinking about queer people so much? That sounds gay. That seems like a gay <laughs> thing to do. I think that you are gay. Um, it does not make sense to me. It simply does not. And then, you know, he comes out with an apology. Well, first there was the... He, like, went on Twitter and doubled down. Then he went on Instagram Live in what was supposed to be an apology, but was actually him doubling down again. And say, the things on Instagram were worse than what he said at the freaking place in front of the audience. And then he got pulled from all of these festivals. Thank you. Very good. And then he gave a real apology. But then, at the time of this recording, <laughs> he's pulled down the, the apology. <laughs> like, like it was up for days. <laughs> like he said, I'm sorry, it's, but actually don't, don't actually look at that. Don't actually look at that part of this. That's why I'm like, my thing is like, work, take down the apology. Because first of all, you clearly did not write this. <laughs> no part of that apology was saying to me, Penned by the baby. <laughs> uh, and then I also Love. would add, uh, it nobody accepted it. Except, did you see Miley Cyrus was like, as a proud and loyal member of the LGBTQIA plus community, I'd like to open a dialogue. Blah, 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 blah. It's like, Carl, first of all, this isn't about you. Second of all, you do not need to be accepting an apology on anybody's behalf. And third, no, why? 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 This could have been a DM. Why do you have to post this? I mean, I feel like this gets back to us talking about visibility. And it's like, I think some, some in an effort to like make things visible end up crowding the space. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And it's like, well, that's, that's actually counter productive. Yes. Because um, the real issue here, you know, we could spend our time literally yelling at baby for opening his mouth. Why? But it's like, no, there are people who live full, lovely, glorious lives and who are HIV positive, and you're just heaping shame upon them. Say, I thought you were going to say there are people who live full, glorious lives without ever knowing who baby is. Oh, that Well, yeah, many. Actually, most people <laughs> who have ever lived. Ever. Um, but yes, him trying to shame people for living with HIV, when it's like, girl, not this. And then it just, like... People who are like, or even in his apology, who was like, you know, I'm still learning and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you have to leave space for, like, you know, Miley is like, you have to leave space for people to learn or whatever. I'm like, that's all well and good. First of all, this is an issue that we should be up to date on. <laughs> the resources are out there. <laughs> Literally open up a, a Chrome tab and do a Google search. You don't even have to go to Google now. It's just right there. It's right there in the search bar. Wow. But then it's like, okay, yeah, we're not mad at him because he didn't know. We're first of all, we're let's not act like he just like said something by accident that wasn't right. quite right. It's like he was being purposefully derogatory. Right. And it's learned. <laughs> it's like all of this stuff, you know, you hear this is an argument that he's probably heard from some other anti-queer people. Exactly. You know, so it's like, you've been clearly doing your learning just from some hateful people. And then it's like, he said it in front of a huge crowd of people. It's like, <laughs> this is not just like, oh, we picked someone off the street and gave them a pop quiz and then they failed. And I said, 
damn you to hell. That's like that's not what happened. I just it's not um, damn you to hell. Well, it's like <laughs> really death to like, all of them. Death to all of them. <laughs> um, no. It's like yeah, if this is what you're gonna do when you're on a stage, maybe we shouldn't put you on a stage anymore. Maybe we should get you off the stage. <laughs> Literally, somebody grabbed the mic. Literally, and and so it's been done. So work. Um, we've spent too much time talking about Jamaica. Way too much. I have to add just one more instance of celebrities who should have just been quiet instead of saying something, which was, did you see about Mila and Ashton? Oh, children bathing, question mark? Yeah, they're just like, we don't shower a lot. Again, I did not really get into this, but I did say, why are you telling people this? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I... I have, I just have no thoughts. Like, okay. <laughs> exactly. Sure. It's like, I, I actually don't need to know how often Mila Kunis and Ashton Kutcher and their children shower. It has nothing to do with me. <laughs> That's how desperate we are for content this far into the pandemic. <laughs> everyone's watched, everyone's re-binge watched their favorite shows, all the movies, everything's been seen. Now we're just like asking about each other's hygiene habits. I'm imagining like a TMZ reporter. First of all, when I was a kid, I would be watching TMZ <laughs> because it just was on at the right time. Like when I would come home from like aftercare and we'd be eating dinner, like TMZ would be on and then it would be The Simpsons. So like I would, mama, I stayed watching TMZ and The Simpsons. There it is. <laughs> and uh, I'm imagining a TMZ reporter being like, Mila, Mila. Mila, how often do you shower? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Ooh, okay. How did this come up? We've, I've just got to move on. I, I simply moved. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, in better news in this world and a moment for it. Last week, well, in the past week, I've seen two incredible vocalists wow. perform. <laughs> well, not two, four even. Which Two is pairs. Mm. <laughs> um, I saw the iconic Daphne Gale perform ah. perform songs from No Matter, which was great. She's great. She sounds amazing. She sounds literally just like she does on the record. Icon, legend, star. I'm so glad that we got to sit down with her for so so many times and like really do that thing. That was fun to do. Yeah. Yeah, and fun to listen back to. And to be like, well, I mean, I just have been telling people, like, yeah, listen now, because in two years, when she's playing at the stadium, you'll say, I knew her way back when. Absolutely. And to that, I say, you're welcome, actually. (laughs) Who else did you see? Um, And Chris Peters was playing with her. It was great. The other pair that I saw, well... Another good Judy of ours, friend of the pod, <laughs> uh, Lady Gaga and Tony Bennett oh, playing yes. at Radio City Musical. Oh, yes. <laughs> One last time. <sighs> Girl, let me tell you this. I watched Lady Gaga win an Emmy Award. Like, I'm telling you right now, she's going to have the Emmy. Because they, they said, uh, tonight's performance will be filmed for television. Okay. That's what they said. Work. Um, it was great. She was great. She was great. The, oh. the 
video of her singing Bang Bang, My Baby Shot Me Down, that we love. Yes, yes. She did that. It was great. I, I need this. I need this right now. I'm sure it's... So the album is coming out... The album is called Love for Sale. It's all Cole, Cole Porter songs. It's coming out October 1st. And I'm sure they're going to... My prediction is that they're going to, like, cut live performance... Live shots of the performance with, like, footage of them recording the album. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. like, release it around the time the album comes out. That sounds delightful. The love It was even. absolutely stunning. Delightful to listen to Lovely. I don't think it's... I don't think that's on the album, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, wow. She... So it's, like, exciting to be there because, like, you're seeing the things happen in real time that, like, you know, may or may not make it onto the thing. Are we going to so hear she you comes out, she does. Are we going to hear you? Did you make it on? <laughs> I didn't make it on, but there were lots of people who were really trying to make it on. I'm sure. There was a lot of, woo, I love you, Gaga! And she really was like, I love you, I'm not replying. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, this will be cut out in post. Very good. Leave your two seconds um, of silence. Literally. <laughs> uh, she comes out, she does the first one. Her hair, there's like a curl in her hair that kind of become comes unpinned. And so, it, you know, her hair is a little, a little out of place. Askew. So she says, she says, I've got to go see someone about my hair. <laughs> <laughs> she points at the drummer and she says, you, you're going to play. And then she points at the saxophone player. She's like, you're going to play over him. She goes, a one, two, go. And they start playing. And she like boogies off the stage. <laughs> I it was can see it now. Immediately after she hits off stage, running. Running to find the stylist. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like kind of shimmying. Gets you know. past the proscenium. Exactly. And then is Bolts. booking it. Yes. <laughs> That's good. There's nothing, like a, there's nothing like a live show. I'll just say that. Hey, I couldn't agree more. Mm. Couldn't agree more with you on that. Mm. And wow, an album of Cole Porter. I mean, Lady Gaga, range. Range is the word that She's comes to mind. She's giving range. Like, oh my God, we have to talk about House of Gucci. Uh, Father, son, and the House of Gucci. That trailer, I, I need it. I need the movie right now. <laughs> the trailer was not enough, is what I'm saying. I agree. We're looking at you, Gaga. We're looking... And we like what we see. <laughs> uh, okay, well, that's that's enough about the world as it is right now. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, but let's let's turn the clocks back. Let's take a look at the world in 1969. Ooh, <laughs> back when the world was new. Ba, ba, da, da. On it, truly, 1969, the planet Earth was down on its luck. Well, <laughs> okay, <laughs> seems like we are right there. Still, <laughs> um, the okay. So, a friend of mine that I went to high school with, Imani. Hey, Imani. Imani said, "Oh my God, you and Kenyon should check out this movie, Summer of Soul, that Questlove made. Questlove, another dear friend of ours." <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, it was amazing. It was so good. It was really so good. Everyone should watch this. And if you haven't watched this, then this entire episode's going to be, well, it's going to be a spoiler. <laughs> a spoiler for an event that occurred. 
literally 50 years 52 ago. 52 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert. But you know, it might be a spoiler because it was all forgotten about. So Summer of Soul is the documentary about the Harlem Cultural Festival, uh, which was held for a couple of years in, in Harlem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that gets all these amazing, incredible acts to perform in the summer of 1969. It gets recorded and then just kind of vanishes, just kind of like disappears in history. Yeah, they recorded it to sell, you know, to put somewhere. And then no one wanted it because, of course, summer of 69 also is the summer of Woodstock. And so everyone becomes so, well, you know, there are many reasons. But I, it seemed to me that much of the narrative was like, oh, no, like, we're talking about Woodstock. We're not talking about this other thing. But, you know, like Gladys Knight, Nina Simone, Stevie Wonder, uh, Sly and the Family Stone. It's like all <laughs> these amazing artists. Staples Center are performing Mahalia as part Jackson? of this festival this summer. Literally Mahalia Jackson and Mavis Staples. Like, there's so much to talk about. So the first thing is that, I mean, you, this is what you've just said, but like, you know, I would say I'm a pretty musically in touch literate person. I'd also say I'm a pretty, like, I'm in touch with the histories, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like trying to know about the histories, particularly like 60s, 70s. I'm always kind of, you know, doing my research. <laughs> always reading and up I, on the 60s and 70s, you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know me very well read. <laughs> um, I had simply never heard of this before. Ever. I had never. I think I had seen the video of. I think I had seen videos of Nina Simone performing at this event, but did not know that it was from like such a huge, big, important thing. I mean, and that, like, I've never heard of it either. Even some of the people who were there, like in the documentary, were like, I, I didn't know if this memory was a real memory or not. Like, it's yeah, like, did that, this actually happen? That. <laughs> Literally 300,000 black people get together in a park in these weekends in the summer of 1969, and we've never heard about it. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Like, that doesn't even almost, that just doesn't even make sense to me. It's like, what do you and mean? Even to compare, like, Woodstock was one week, like, Woodstock was like in and out. This was like several, several weeks. Of, like, these incredible artists and all these people coming and coming and coming. Like, that's, it's just amazing. I want to know, I want to know, well, okay, where am I going to start here? I want to know how you felt (laughs) watching it, you know? Like, I want to know just, like, your emotional traject. I was transported. Mm. I was really transported. And there was a lot of, like, I don't know, it made me think about, again, thinking about, like, historical context. There was a lot in it that felt historic and like illuminative of a historical moment that I had not really experienced before. Mm. Um, And so, so there's that piece. Then there's just like the musical element just was fantastic. Like seeing the musicians was just amazing. Um, I want to, so the first thing that we kind of see is Stevie Wonder performing. And then he like, they show him performing later again, but the beginning they open with Stevie Wonder performing, and he's great. I did. Am I a fool? I didn't know that Stevie Wonder played the drums. Oh no, you're a fool. <laughs> oh, okay, great, great, great. <laughs> Especially like in the like 
in the oh my gosh, Kid Wonder, you know, little yeah, Stevie yeah, yeah. days. It was like he's just playing all the things. And then it was even more <laughs> like that when Songs in the Key of Life comes out and it's like, oh, you mean you played everything on this track? And that one too. <laughs> I guess I knew that. I guess I've just maybe I've just never seen footage of him playing the drums before. I don't know. But he co- he opens and he is mama, he's playing it. Going after <laughs> it. He's really going after it. Yeah. Uh, what I wish I what I wish the movie had or the documentary had given us was like Questlove is a drummer. I wish we could oh, have yeah. like seen his reaction to some of the drumming going on. Just like from a music nerd standpoint, I'm like I want to know what you think about about this thing. Y- yeah, I want like the full. I think drumming is amazing. I want the full drumming, ex- and it kind of for a second when Sheila E comes in, and yes. then they're talking about like the Cuban influence. Th- I'm like, where's the rest of this documentary? <laughs> it really do- it branches off in so many directions because yeah, that time period and the documentary goes into this is just like so it's so crucial. You know, you have the many assassinations of the '60s and yeah. Like the the turning point of the of the end of the sixties into the seventies with different Black Power movements and the Black Panthers, Black is Beautiful, just even the word Black coming coming to be taken right. on as like a a thing. It's the, it's such a political time, and music is so much a part of that that it does feel like you know every fifteen minute segment of the documentary deserves its whole own book. Yeah. So one of the things that it And I wrote this down. One of the things that it really made me think about, obviously, when Martin Luther, like, obviously, as you just said, throughout the 60s, all these people are being assassinated. And then how they, like, say that Kennedy was assassinated, and then they show Malcolm X talking about it. And then Malcolm X is assassinated. They show Mm. Martin Luther King talking about Mm. it. Martin Luther King is assassinated. They show Robert F. Kennedy announcing it. Like, that's great. And then, of course, Robert F. Kennedy is assassinated. Um when he was like going to be the president <laughs> and that's crazy. Um, but obviously when Martin Luther King is assassinated, there are riots across America, buildings are being burned. Like, you know, people are angry about it. And I guess I've never made the connection from that to like a historical event that honestly, I honestly feel that people have forgotten about because you know, and not that this is what the documentary is about, but when people say, oh, well, Martin Luther King, nonviolent, blah, 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 It's like, think about all these people who were, like, advocating for, well, Martin, Malcolm X wasn't advocating for nonviolence, but all these people who were advocating for, you know, civil rights, advocating for the progression and development of our society, who literally were being shot and killed. Like, that was the ethos of, you know white status quo conservative America was like, we actually are just going to kill your leaders. Literally. Is what we're going to do. That's what we've decided. And that, that, like, that fear spreads across all, all places of, of, of black life, including this, um, concert. You know, the, the police basically refused to do security for the concert. It's yeah. being held in a public park in literally New York City. And the police said, no, we're not going to help you secure the area. And in the wake of these, you know, systematic attacks on black life, well, since the beginning of the country, but also especially with these assassinations in the 60s, it's like, yeah, like performers need to, in order to get up and do their their thing, like you need to feel safe. 
Yeah. Um, and so the Black Panthers then end up coming in and basically being the security for the event. Right. Which is amazing. And it's incredible. Girl, the Black Panthers all the way. <laughs> um, but just the idea of, you know, the assassination of Martin Luther King has always been, in my head, like, a thing that happened in history. Right? But, like, I had no, And obviously had known about the riots in the days following, but hadn't thought about, like, what is that, like, you know, several months out? What is that, like, mm-hmm. a year out? And listening to... Jesse Jackson talk about like they took Martin from us because it was still something that it's like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. Like, yeah, that happened is I just had never thought of it in like that specific, I don't know, time frame and that and that at that point in in the recovery from that horrible event. Um, and then you know, so there's this day when Mahalia Jackson is singing and and it goes through how she's, like, very nervous to sing. And so she asks Mavis Staples to sing. And she's singing Precious Lord, Take My Hand. And imagine being Mahalia Jackson. And it is widely known that you were Martin Luther King's favorite singer and that this was his favorite song and that that's what you were being asked to do. Like, how are you supposed like, to... Favorite song. How would like, you ever do that? And like some of his last words were literally like, let's go listen I to this see, song. I didn't even know that. I literally didn't even know I that didn't know the that last things that he said was about, oh, yes, let's get the people together to sing Precious Lord. And so, you literally, so a year later, it's like, yeah, get on stage and like bring this home for us, <laughs> Mahalia. Oh it's my like, God. And I mean, <laughs> And then you, because she asks Mavis Staples for help in that moment, you get like an amazing, like those are two I just iconic singers of all time. Right. And like right. you mean to tell me that there's a, there was there's a there's always been a video <laughs> of Mahalia Jackson and Mavis Staples singing "Precious Lord," and I was today years old when I found out about it. Literally, what? Like I, I should have been hearing this every day, every day for my entire life. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm laughing and I'm smiling and I'm also like I'm kind of angry just because yeah, it does. Living living now when we live, it is it feels like all of this detective work to try and go back and piece yeah. together my own history in a sort of way. It's like that I you know no one is teaching me this in school, no one's. <laughs> no one's allowing it to be put out in movie theaters until, you know, 50 years after the fact. So right. it, it, it does, it's like, at once it's, there's this incredible series of performances from people who have always been my idols. And also, how, how have I been disconnected from this? How is that even allowed? Yeah. And, and it's, it makes me think about, like, w- there are off every couple of months there will be kind of like a resurgence on Twitter of like, you know, look at all these color pictures of the civil rights movement and of Martin mm. Luther King because it actually was, you know, not that long ago. Yeah. But not just that it was not that long ago, such that, you know, we had color pictures, not everything was still in black and white, but also that like, you know, it was the 60s. Think, think about like all of the news coverage and all of the like, 
the sixties was when it was like, oh, we can like turn out these little video cameras and record literally anything all the time. Oh, let's record everything that ever happened. Like that is the time when it's like, okay, we're going to record literally everything. And so it absolutely makes sense that there would be footage from an event like this. Right. But the fact that it is not made available, the fact that it's not a thing that like people want to talk about is very telling. Mm. Mm. Um, there's something else I have to say. Okay. While while on the subject of this section where Jesse Jackson is talking, Mahalia Jackson is singing, Mavis Staples is singing, etc. Um, Jesse Jackson was hot. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe you. <laughs> okay, but he, he was really hot. <laughs> am I right or am I wrong? The thing is that you're right. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Oh man. I mean seeing all those people, seeing all these literal icons of American life yes. as young people, there's the 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 way this is directed. I've got to really give give another shout out to Questlove. Like really is so our friend. Literally our friend. <laughs> uh, it's so generous to to black people and like and focuses on like these beautiful moments. Of yeah. of joy and smiling and like people turning out in their fashion, it just like it it really celebrates blackness. And I mean, yeah, speaking about Jesse Jackson, it's like yeah. Usually when I see Jesse Jackson, even historical doc, you know, footage of him, it's like in some clipping done through a white gaze, like through a white lens. Yeah, and it feels so different to enter this event with just without all that mess honestly yes um that makes me think about the fifth dimension when mm. they're talking about the fifth dimension because you know i love the fifth dimension one less bell to answer okay yes i love i live that they're bringing together the jazz and the r&b and like i love that i didn't know that they were the first ones to put together aquarius and let the sunshine in oh absolutely that was wow cut to me like four years old dancing around <laughs> my living room that was everything to me yeah so seeing them talk about you know the sound how people thought that they sounded white and so but they were black and so like where was the audience but then seeing how like euphoric they are getting to perform in front of all these black people which is like where they want to be and then also seeing the members of the group watch it back and like tears welling up because it is so affirmational to see themselves performing in front of this crowd of black people is like I mean, it's everything. That is everything. That is so, it was amazing. It's, it's really beautiful. It's, it's such a, yeah, it's just such a love song to, to the black community, I feel like. The, the, yeah. the event when it was put on and this movie's documentation kind of reconstruction of it. Um, yeah. Mm. So, <laughs> someone said uh, something about like, embracing and performing neo-super blackness. <laughs> and I'm like, yes. Work. Absolutely. Literally, yes. Neo-super blackness. <laughs> like, that's the tea. That is the tea. <laughs> There's, there is something about that. Like, when you just said, that's the tea. Like, that is, that is right now for me. And that, yeah. you know, there's a way in which it does feel kind of like... how. D- did anything happen over the last 50 years? 
You know, it's like- L- Literally nothing. Like they have this entire, there's a segment about, about the moon landing because it happens that summer during these yes, concerts. Yes, I was going to bring this up. And black people then are saying what, <laughs> what black and many other people now are also saying now about Jeff Bezos and- you know, every other billionaire that's trying to go to the moon. It's like, we, great. I'm so glad that you all, you know, feel good that you can do this. Can you also, can you do this too? Can you take care of the people who are on this planet with the money? It made me, that you have. There is, of course, the the Gil Scott Heron song, poem, Whitey on the Moon, Mm -hmm. that is about like, okay, so, you know, the U.S. government has spent all this money to, get us to the moon, which has really done not a whole lot other than to, we beat Russia to it. And like, yeah, there's science to it too. But like, think (laughs) about that in comparison to, you know, the resources that are being denied to black community, being purposefully and systematically denied to black communities. Um, And it made me think like, you know, is, I don't, I, feel like we now culturally, societally, remember the moon landing as like this, you know, raises all ships moment. Right. Of like, that was a great moment for America when we landed on the moon. It was a great moment for humanity because it meant that we all had done, you know, whatever. Which like, I think to some extent is is true. But just to see the number of people who really were like, we. this is not doing anything for us right now, and that's what we need. And so then thinking about, like, you know, in 50 years, in 2051, are people going to be like, wow, American legend Jeff Bezos went into space. Like, is, that, is the same thing going to happen? I mean, it better not, first of all. The, the, I think the real feeling I have is just like, we haven't learned anything. We just haven't yeah. learned anything at all. Oh, <laughs> like this isn't even, <laughs> this is not like we make analogous mistakes. This is like kind of as specific as it gets. It's like <laughs> <laughs> you're spending an unprecedented amount of money to put some people on the moon. To send people Whitey. literally to outer space. Whitey on and the moon. And we're doing it again. And, it, you know, yes, I think it, it was for a lot of people like a, a humanity moment. It was like a look at what we can do with our collective power moment. Just the, the aftermath showed none of that, no real commitment to those sentiments. It's like, like you know, yeah, take the science that you poured billions of dollars and, and, and like give that to the communities. You know, like let's... Yeah, or like if if the point is like, wow, we really are like the blue marble and we really are just one people on this tiny planet and blah, blah, blah. Like that certainly did not translate into (laughs) like, let's actually do something for all the people that we have out here. Yeah, I think the movie points a lot towards the, the, the present moment. Yeah. Especially thinking about this summer and last summer. Um in the wake of the protests of 2020 and the the killings that spur that like that there's a there's a direct there's a, there's a direct parallel between the assassinations that happened in the 60s and this event that where you see black people come together for 
healing, for joy, for celebration. And George Floyd's murder and the protests surrounding that. And I think if, if there honestly wasn't a pandemic, we, we would have maybe seen even more of an outpouring from the arts, even than, than, we, than we did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it also is, you know, I think that there's a lot of, particularly in the late 60s and the early 70s, there's a lot of like, you know, why are we spending all this money in Vietnam when we could be spending the money on, you know, providing <laughs> support, resource to the people who live in this country who we deny support and resource to. Um, and I just love that these, I, I love the idea of seeing these black people who are like, and that's not just true about the things that are egregious. Like, spending all this money to go to the moon is egregious when you have people who are starving in the street, right? When you have people who are suffering mm -hmm. under the economic policy of this country. Um, I really admire that. Because that, you know, that is what... That's what Defund the Police is about. Right. It's like we need to be spending money in a way that benefits that benefits our people. Which is why, you know, Defund the Police is not just about, oh, well, stop spending money on that. It's like, here's all the stuff that we could be spending money on, right? right. In the same way that, like, it's not just let's stop the war in Vietnam, which is a great cause to be behind. But, like, it also is like, let's stop spending money on going into space when we could instead be doing all this other stuff. And especially like, you know, when we think about who was allowed to be an astronaut at the time, <laughs> like, it, yeah, I, I really admire that. And I really appreciated watching, seeing those people say, that's all well and good for you, but that has nothing to do with me. Yeah. And, and we really are saying that right now. Yeah. I mean, that is exactly how I feel about <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bezos and Richard Branson and whoever the hell else wants to go to space. Yeah. That is all well and good for you. And so at the same time that for me, there's like some resentment of like, okay, like 50 years ago, black people were saying the exact same thing as we are right now. Okay. Yeah. There's also the sense of connection that that I felt at least while watching the movie of like, it's just it was just good to see that many black people like, yeah, that's and a good feeling. <laughs> I mean, getting back to the, the the violence that is so notable of this era, you know, I always am kind of wary to like, you know, like black people are superheroes, but they're also regular people. Right. You know, like <laughs> black people have to show ultra strength and perseverance and courage and yet also have to, they have to do that while being normal people. <laughs> like there is this great expectation and challenge to overcome while also having less resource than, you know, it's like this balance of, you know, I don't want to make black people seem inhuman. Right. But also black people are superhuman. <laughs> based on the things that we have accomplished. Anyway, like the idea of the idea that you, you would be black in 1969 and go and be out in a crowd at all. Mm. 
is like terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Because there is such violence being put upon you and upon your community and upon your heroes and upon your leaders at all times. It's like any time that you would go to an event and be like, oh, like I'm going to go see this famous person speak is like, this could be the event that is our last event. Yeah. But the, the love of like, you know, they're just going to, we're just going to do it, but that's what we're going to do. Well, we're going to go and celebrate together and be together and not be stopped. Right. And I think the, the, the way that like that high level of, of threat that black people were under also kind of demonstrates how important it was that they, that they felt it was that they come together. You know, it's like community is actually this important. Music, arts are actually this important. They're actually this necessary because we're going to put our safety on the line. We're going to literally be the security at our own thing. Yeah. So that we can come together. Like that's, and, and you see it then in the, in the, the documentary and in the music, there's a, a, a segment on, it's done really, it's done really expertly. I don't even know if I can, I don't, don't even want to like spoil it by just paraphrasing it, but it connects visually and auditorially like the, the singing and expression of black, yeah. like joy, grief, pain, trauma, freedom in the music yeah. to like the history of black experience. And that, I just, I, I just really feel that. And like, yeah. <laughs> sometimes when people ask me like, yeah, like you like music. I'm like, no, like I need music. Like this is yeah. it, like, I will refer people to that part of this documentary in the future when I'm like, no, this is what this means. So don't, don't play right. with me, honestly. Which is why the thing that I've said before about like, oh, like music is a universal language. <laughs> is like, that's, no, no, that's, you don't get it. <laughs> like, that's not enough. <laughs> that does not even begin to, to understand and express what, you know, the power that, that is held in there. The yeah. specificities are really important. Yeah. Mm. Um, we have to talk about a, another friend of, of ours who makes an appearance <laughs> out of truly nowhere. That being, I don't even want to say, because it is such a gag that he appears if you do not expect that he's coming. Uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda and his father. <laughs> I did. I paused. I paused. I paused the video and I said, huh? Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, we're kind of joking. Kind of. Um, but it, it's, no, but it's in this segment. <laughs> Lynn, if you're listening, we love you. Lynn, if you're listening, <laughs> girlfriend, you are so on. <laughs> <laughs> I need that to come back. That's that little clip so of Marianne good. is good, and I need that to come back. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend, gosh. you Plus are so on. <laughs> I need that. Um, just like I need. Lin-Manuel Miranda, honestly. 
Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yeah, they bring him on to talk about the you know the cultural exchanges. Yeah, that are happening yes, yes, yes. in in Harlem in you know Upper Manhattan at that time, and the the like realization and the the celebration of mixed heritages like Afro Latinx heritages, um, yeah, and how they come to come through in the music, which is hot. The, that yeah, I had to go. Add some folks to some playlists after that segment because I was like, "Oh no, I need to be listening to you and to you and to you." <laughs> okay. Um, and when Sheila E comes in and is like, "This is where I learned how to drum," I'm like, "This is sick. <laughs> <laughs> this is sick. It's, it's good. amazing. It's good." And also, yeah, it just like it feels. I feel the the inclusion, you know. Um, yeah. And like that is <laughs> that is a you know uh, a humanitarian project more than a we sent some people to outer space. Now, girl, not to not lied. to bring us back, but it just <laughs> you ain't never lied. The contrasts are so stark. It it hurts. Pretty hurts. Pretty. Hurts. Why wasn't Beyonce at this event? <laughs> 12 years before she was born. Oh man. Oh man. Speaking of just other other occurrences, other mm-hmm. the the promoter and kind of organizer of this festival who got all these acts to come, who like cleared it with the city, Tony Lawrence was really serving. Was serving looks. Serving looks, serving fashion, serving on the microphone. He said, you all cannot come any closer. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. That, there's a, um, where are the good hosts? Today, these days? Yeah. I feel like every... Oh, you're you know, not a fan of James Corden? <laughs> well. <laughs> I wasn't going to just call everyone out name by name. Um, what about, um, who's been a good host? I don't know. I feel like everyone really lived for Ellen at the Oscars, Grammys one year. But like, was it was it actually all that? Or did we just need something to, you know, fill the voids? You know who should be hosting everything? Kiki Palmer. (laughs) Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now that is the truth. Hosting is it's a it's a lost art form, I'm convinced. Oh my God. I'm seeing. Now wait just a second. Now that I've brought up Kiki Palmer, <laughs> ah. the new Jordan Peele movie coming out next year, starring Daniel Kaluuya, Kiki Palmer, and Stephen Yun, called Nope. Girl, I'm already I'm scared. There. See you in 2022. Ah. I love Kiki Palmer. Very good. Ah. Kenan, anything else about Summer of Soul that's speaking to your soul? I hope that people watch it. I hope that people watch it. And I also just, yeah, I need, I need some live music. It's what I need. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Any parting words um, from you? It's on Hulu. Go watch it. It's very good. Um, it's very good. Black people are gorgeous. 
When the guy is like, I was there as a kid, the black, the most beautiful black women, the most beautiful black men. <laughs> I was like, kid in a candy store. <laughs> truly, truly. But people really were serving full looks. You're right. I agree. Amazing. It was really, it's just amazing. Ooh. Um, do we have a little binary? A little binary. Okay, this is just going through my mind. This is <laughs> this is the tiny detail, but it's the, these are the things I think about. Are <laughs> are you a mic on the stand or mic off the stand person? I'm so glad you said this because it's something I think about all the time, and it's something that I was thinking about as I was watching this. Okay, and I actually. Love that in the 60s, the mic stayed attached to like the mic holder yes. and you just took the mic holder off the stand because that makes it very easier to take it on and off as opposed to, you know, otherwise it's like, oh, I have to snap it in and blah, blah, blah. you have to do all this foolishness. Um, I never am. I'm at a microphone and I simply don't know what to do with my hands. And so at some point I was like, oh, if I take the microphone off the stand, then that's something to do with one of the hands. <laughs> <laughs> one down, one to go. One down, literally one to go. And then you can kind of, you know, if you've got a cord, you can hold the cord with the other hand. <laughs> then you've got stuff to do with your hands. Uh, so I'm going to say Mike off the stand. What okay. say you? Okay. I think, I think I'd think i love to be a Mike off the stand person. And I think at one point in my life, you know, I might be. But uh-huh. I think right now I'm, I'm an on the stand gal. I just move. A lot. <laughs> move, move. Well, the, think about how much you could move with the mic off the stand. Well, I just would have to move my hands with my... Oh. You know, sometimes sometimes <laughs> everything's going in, in its own direction. <laughs> Very polyphonic <laughs> movement. Mm-hmm, Thank mm-hmm, you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I think I'm going to have to say on the stands right now. Work. Okay, I have a binary for you. This doesn't really make sense, but neither does this segment. The binary is between when when we're thinking about uh, you know empowering protest anthems as depicted in the 2021 documentary Summer of Soul. Um, would you be more Nina Simone's Young, Gifted, and Black, or are you more Sly and the Family Stone's Everyday People? Everyday People. I made it sound like it wasn't hard that was actually very hard I just everyday people really gets me (laughs) it's good (laughs) yeah ooh what say you um everyday people is quite good for me it's the text I have to return to the text Mm, yeah and for me that's gonna have to be Young Gifted and Black I mean it's a song about me absolutely 100%. And that's a fact, as they say in the song. (laughs) (laughs) And that's a wrap. (laughs) As we say here on We Love That. See y'all next week. (laughs) We love that you love We Love That. This podcast is brought to you by Jerome, that's me, and Kenyon, that's him. With music by Sophia Campomore and art by Griffin Keller. Drop us a line at welovethatpodcast at gmail.com. Bye. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) Did you hurt yourself? No. Are you sure this water is sanitary?
seems pretty questionable to me.